let us imagine this morning that each of you have been appointed, appointed a school teacher in a local school. Your choice. Your first assignment on your first day is to go out into the grounds where multitudes of young people are engaged in a range of activities. You go over to where they are and you call for those who can hear to come and gather around you. Then you begin, slowly but surely, to select 12 of them. You don't need to say a word. You choose 12 and lead them off to a quiet area. Everyone will be curious about why you've chosen the ones you've chosen as your team. Then supposing you and your chosen team begin to work out the challenges your team will face in future times. It's no good lecturing the team for hours about what they're to do. We all know that's not going to work. What they need, what they need is three or four things they can remember to do and three or four things they can remember not to do. In the heat of the moment, these basic guidelines will come back to them, a bit like drop and cover in an earthquake, and the team should be able to focus on the challenges ahead with these pearls of wisdom you gave them stored in their short and long-term memory. Now think about what Jesus was doing in our Gospel reading from Luke this morning. The disciples, the people on Jesus' team, are the ones who have accepted who Jesus is and signed up to be on his team to follow him. The sermon is directed directly to his disciples. Yes, he's teaching his disciples, but he wants the crowds to hear, and there were multitudes of people, not just 2,000 years ago as they crowded around him in Israel, but also in the world today. Jesus' teaching through the four blessings and the four woes in our passage from Luke 6 has been called the Sermon on the Plains. These teachings sit alongside the Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew chapter 6. Both the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain are delivered early in Jesus' ministry with newly chosen disciples and large crowds present. These two sermons of Jesus present the important basics of a spiritual life of a Christian. Both sermons lay the groundwork for the new Christian church. Their messages are timeless, for they speak to Christians today as well as those in the first century. These beatitudes or beautiful attitudes are the raw, unvarnished, faith-rattling rules of God. Jesus preached the Sermon on the Plains after a night of praying on a mountainside and a morning spent choosing his 12 disciples. He delivered a sermon on level ground, of which there's not much around the Sea of Galilee. And the Sermon on the Plains message is grounded in real-life issues. It encourages the poor and the disenfranchised in society and warns those more fortunate that their lives may change if they don't change their ways. The Sermon on the Plain contains guidance for living within the world of the New Testament, which had social inequities and personal challenges, including poverty, hunger, weeping, and hatred. 
as has been the case in all time periods in human history. Our own society today is no different. One only need to stand outside one of our many Christchurch city charities offering food parcels to see the truth of that statement in our society today. Luke, who was a doctor physician, is very realistic, very literal, very grounded when writing his gospel, and is passionate about explaining God's care for people on the fringes of society. Luke's Jesus speaks words of healing and hope. Jesus' words are what inspired people to say of the early Christians, they're turning the world upside down. And Christians have gone on turning the world upside down through the ages because Jesus' beatitudes in life have inspired many, so many prophetic figures, including Nelson Mandela, Desmond Tutu, and Mother Teresa, to name but a few, and many in our society today, including every one of you. The Gospel of Luke has been called the social gospel because of its sympathy with the poor and its emphasis on kindness. The sermon contains several revolutionary zingers of Christian principles, our duty of universal love, the the equality of people, and the obligation to serve the less fortunate in a charitable spirit. And the overall message of the Sermon on the Plain is for Christians to follow Christ's example of performing kind, generous actions to those we meet in our life. As we consider each saying, we can reflect that in our world, those who experience the challenges outlined by Jesus, the poor and the hungry, those who weep, and those who experience the hate of others, know the reality of their situation. And so they are blessed by God. Our real happiness lies in recognizing and embracing our own poverty, our need for God. When our eyes are opened, we see the futility of clinging to the lie of self-sufficiency and materialism and are freed to accept the help which comes only from God. God, by grace and love, teaches us to look inside ourselves. And that's the very place where we turn to God and from where we make room for God to move, space for God to act and to actually work in our life. It is when we are at our most vulnerable. And often at our weakest, that we have to depend on God who longs to save and help us. The other night I happened to be flicking through the channels on TV looking for something, actually anything, of substance to watch. I flicked onto the Shine channel at the very start of a movie that mesmerised me. It was called Loud Crazy Love and it was the story of Brian Welsh, the lead player in the band Corn, and a world-renowned, very heavy metal rock group. It is in his story of stopping the habit of alcohol and other drug use and accepting God as the cornerstone of his life while raising a daughter as a single dad 
that actually really mesmerised me. Welsh discovered what it was to be rich in money. He had millions and poor in spirit. And over the last eight years, he has inspired hundreds of thousands of people to understand the power of God's love, no matter what happens in your life. I never imagined I would be inspired by the story of a heavy metal rocker's journey as a Christian, but I was indeed absolutely inspired. Jesus' Sermon on the Plain, the wondrous yet stark Beatitudes, shake us out of our faithful safe place. Our human inclination is to fit God into our very own tiny small world, the world in which we live. God, however, is always breaking down barriers, showing and teaching us new ways to think and consider things if we are open to learning. The kingdom of God values different things to the commonly accepted values of society, such as power and recognition and personal success. The Beatitudes we heard today are Christ's manifesto for his kingdom on earth, They are all absolutely impossible to keep unless we have the help of Jesus. We can't live up to these rules alone. We are dependent on God, no matter how highly we judge ourselves on empathy, understanding, and a range of other admirable qualities. Fortunately for us, Luke does not consider those with wealth to be beyond salvation, That's very fortunate. There are success stories about the wealthy in Luke, including Zacharias, Barnabas, Cornelius, perhaps Lydia. It's not wealth per se that is spoken of here. It is the lack of reliance on God, whatever our financial circumstances. We are all poor only if we deviate from a total reliance on God in all aspects of our life. Luke tells us that Jesus teaches us plainly, on the plane. We can trust Jesus to be completely on the level with us every step of our way. We hear this truth through our participation in community, the community of our family, the community of the church, the community of service to others, and the like. We hear this truth through what I like to label CHIME, C H. I-M-E, where the C is for connectedness, connectedness to God and connectedness to others, where the H is for hope in life and in the future, where I is for identity as a person who can care for others, care for oneself and care for one's community. The M is for meaning, for having meaning in our life and for making meaning in our life. And the E is for empowerment, for feeling strong and being able to face today and the future with strength from within us and from God, even in these uncertain times. Our God is the God of those who have nothing but God. That actually includes us too, even if our need for God is masked, in part, by our comparable prosperity. 
to paraphrase, to paraphrase the singer Johnny Cash, a follower of Jesus until his death in 2003. We must not be so heavenly-minded that we are of no earthly use. But conversely, we must, not be of su- we must not be of such earthly use that we are no longer heavenly-minded. And to God be the glory. Amen.